And so, with the cup held high, me the leave Croke Park, All-Ireland football champions for 1949. Oh, beautiful me, you've got all that I need. Dimpsey hits Davin Fay. Anthony Finnerty comes in and gives him a touch of the elbow. Colm Kyle hitting Finnerty. This is Colm's first punch. Finity delayed reaction, looks around, sees Martin O'Connell coming in and thinks that the best action is to go down. What a set of matches we've had. Four terrific and memorable games. Final score meets 2-10. Dublin, 15. So Joe McDonough, GA president, presents Sam McGuire to Graham Geraghty and meet of the football champions. Hello listeners and you're very welcome to another We Are Me podcast with Davey Usman and Mickey. We're in a lot to get through this week, Davey. It's been a, an action-packed weekend of championship football and uh, we were we were on duty around the grounds. Four live commentaries uh, this week from We Are Me um, on our MixLR um, uh, platform and uh, great listenership once again and again our thanks to PR Coyne and Sons for sponsoring uh, these games and allowing us to do these live commentaries without PR Coyne and Sons we wouldn't be able to bring them but um, four cracking games as well Davey but there was cracking games throughout the whole championship. Yeah absolutely Mickey and I suppose um, there was a lot of talk about maybe all the goals last week I think this this week undoubtedly some of the some of the results were a little bit lopsided in terms of the margin of victories for others. And then there was a couple of notable shocks right through the grades, you know, from senior down. Um, we did expect it to probably produce a few. Um, we didn't predict too many of them, but mm-hmm. uh, that's that's it's brilliant to see. And I suppose there's some groups at senior that are already sorted, which you know you'd like to to probably have them going into the final round but the, the results just haven't panned out that way you know in, in at least two of the groups um in others it's still very much all to play for in the likes of the intermediate and junior but um terrific football on show and absolutely terrific weather as well on sunday in particular which um was conducive to really nice football across the board yeah really good day on sunday or today or whenever you're listening to this because um uh, you know it wasn't given for good weather and uh, we did get a Beautiful, beautiful day. Um, I suppose what we'll do, Davey, is we'll run through all the results from the Football Championship over the weekend. As we said, we will be doing our full reviews over on our Loyal Royals podcasts. Uh, We'll have a Senior Championship review. We have three games featuring, and that one with both their win over uh, Dunhamer Ashburn on Sunday. Gail Cullum Kills win over Simonstown. That features as well. And Nafina's win over... Uh, near neighbours Dunboyne and knocking Dunboyne out of the championship. In the intermediate, we'll be reviewing uh, all of the intermediate games, but we our featured games are St. Pat's, uh, their victory, um, and of course, Rakeni's victory as well. And then in the junior championships, A and B, we will be reviewing the junior B clash between uh, Slane and Drum Conduct from Friday night. And uh, I'll be delighted to talk about our... Um, our uh, predictions on, on on the Junior B Championship. Not so much on the Senior Championship, I don't think, but uh, I think Junior Intermediate, I did okay, but Senior Davy may have um, uh, may have the, the bragging rights there. But um, yeah, so do check out all those uh, podcasts this week, another host of them. And then of course, Davy, you forgot about it. 
we will be announcing our Blackwater Inn Player of the Week and our Blackwater Inn Top Scorer of the Week um, as well. Um, and we will be releasing our Kiko Sports Team of the Week, um, which will be going out later in the week. And, and again, some fabulous performances all around the county for that as well. The individual performers did really well. Yeah, absolutely. And I, I'm not going to tempt fate, Mickey, because we haven't even talked about the team of the week yet but i reckon we're going to have our first player if not players making their second appearance on the team of the week it's we've got a good run out of it so far i think two in uh or it was a three in already and not one player has been a repeat offender but i reckon this week we're going to see a little bit of repetition which is probably boding well for our team of the year at the end absolutely it will indeed and um you know two three four appearances in the uh team of the week and i'd say you could be fairly sure or fairly nailed on um, for a place in that team of the year but uh, that's all to be decided yet in the coming weeks of the championship so we're going to go to the results from uh, the championships and we're going to start with the junior B championship and the results from the weekend first one was on Friday night it was Slane 12 drum 104 Davey went for a drum 100 win I went for the Slane win I'll take a point there no problem and then in the other game it was Kilmaine and Wood against St Mary's and uh, it was on Saturday, and this ended up Kilmaine and Wood 12 points, St. Mary's one goal and eight. And I went for the Kilmaine and Wood win, and Davy went for the St. Mary's win. He doesn't know anything about his own championship, let's just say. He's not from two, and I'm two from two uh, in the Junior B championship. Moving on to the Junior A championship, and in Group A on Saturday, it was St. Dalton's three goals and eight, Minalti five points. Both of us went for a Minalti win there, so neither of us getting uh, uh, one up on each other there, and you didn't even go for your dear neighbours, which is terrible. Um, Sidden, 12 points, Dunsany, one goal and seven, and uh, that puts the cat amongst the pigeons because it's exactly what we feared could happen to that group, Davey. Um, four teams on four points going into the last round of games. Unbelievable stuff in the Junior A Championship. I don't know what you say, feared. I, I'd have been happy enough seeing this now, this time last week. But yeah, amazing stuff, really. Obviously, top goes straight through to a semi, and then second and third go to a quarter, with second for bottom going into relegation. So Minaldi are there. I don't think they could have got out of that regardless. But who's going to join them? Like, literally, it's completely up for grabs. Sidden could finish fourth, or they could finish first um, going into the last round. So it's amazing. They are fourth at the minute, but just by virtue of their uh, their negative score difference. So it'll be a fascinating last round um, with very much all to play for. Best group in the championship, that one. Yeah, absolutely. And uh, looking at Group B of the Junior A Championship, the results from the weekend, Karen Ross, three goals and 21. Boards Mill, one goal and 11. I picked Karen Ross, Davy picked Boards Mill. Davy rang me on uh, Friday night, I think it was, and uh, and said uh, he'd like to change his prediction to Karen Ross because he heard that Frank O'Reilly had returned for this game. I said, not a chance, Davy. Not a chance. The listeners wouldn't be happy with that one. Um, and then the both of us got the next one wrong. Moila go two goals and eight. Kilbride one goal and nine. So um, Kilbride finding the stumbling block, um, which we didn't think would happen. And again, that puts the cat amongst the pigeons in that group. Absolutely, Mickey. Um, unbelievable win for Moila. I think Kilbride were on the beach. Um, quite literally, because I think there was a number of them on holidays. <laughs> but um, in all seriousness, Milo were bang at it. And, you know, that's a huge, huge victory for them. Opens that group wide open now because you have Karen Ross playing Milo. 
So Moyla still aren't assured of their place in the knockout stages, while Karen Ross, after their victory against Boards Mill, are looking to cement a place in the top three, maybe. Um, with Kilbride all of a sudden having serious work to do, and their last game is, of course, against Tabletoppers Castletown. So absolutely extraordinary turn of events there, and Kilbride, from being in a position where we thought was almost unassailable and they were going to you know, cruise through, they, they have so much more work to do now. Yeah, that Junior A Championship really is hopping up both Group A and Group B, um, uh, looking absolutely brilliant. Um, Davey, moving on to the Mead Farm Group Intermediate Football Championship, and we're going to start with Group D and work our way up. Um, on Sunday, it was Mead Hill, two goals and 11. Delique Bellustown, one goal and 11. Both of us going for Delique Bellustown. Both of us with egg on our face there. And then also on Sunday, it was Kenny 217. Tron McGale, two goals and six. A fac oil win there for Rat Kenny. And uh, they are now the table toppers with Delete Bellustown in second place with four points. Beliver, Mead Hill, and Clan McGale all have two points going into the final uh, round of games. But unfortunately for Clan McGale, their championship is up. They cannot uh, they cannot get uh, they cannot get out of the, the relegation zone. No, uh, I was at it. Uh, I was. They were leading at halftime, Clannagale. They were a point to the good and uh, just a complete no-show in the second half. Rat Kenny were outstanding, played some lovely football and uh, blitzed Clannagale. Probably a superior level of fitness was what won it for Rat Kenny, who, uh, you know, would have been happy with their second half, but very disappointed with their first. Delique Bellewstown were stunned by some late drama against Mead Hill. What is it about Park Talton and Mead Hill and late I said it to you. I said it. <laughs> so basically, I won't spoil it because obviously we'll go into it in a bit more detail on the Intermediate Review podcast on the Loyal Royals, but Mead Hill got a goal two minutes into injury time, Mickey, to go two points up. From the resulting kickout, Delique Bellewstown got down the other end and get a penalty, which they missed with the last kick of the game. It was saved by Dominic York and Mead Hill won by three. So absolutely extraordinary late drama in Park Talton. And I was talking to a few of the Rakeni lads who were playing after it. And uh, they were out warming up at this stage, getting ready for their own game. They'd watch most of the game. They were saying it's, you know, whatever, decent game. And they said the roars and the shouts and the, the passion that Mead Hill bring anyway from the supporters was just on. Nobody knew what was happening as they were doing the warm up, but little did they know what was going on. Yeah. Extraordinary. Yeah, absolutely brilliant. And I did say it that the one thing that Mead Hill will do is they'll bring a carnival atmosphere and the razzmatazz to Park Dalton for that meeting. And, uh, you know, fair dues to them. Um, they've really uh, opened that whole group up. It's between four teams going into the final group games, and all those four teams will be playing against each other. In Group C, the results from that group uh, on Saturday, we both picked up Chalkland to win over Blackhall Gales. And it was a Fakile victory as well, 116 to a point uh, in that meeting. And then in the other one, it was St. Pat's against Kilmainham. We both went for the St. Pat's win and they got over the line with a 314 to 16 point win over Kilmainham. So the two teams that we expected to win uh, that week, Davy, they won. There is a little bit of work left to be done. Did St. Pat's beat Bective? Did St. Pat's beat Bective? St. Pat's did beat Bective, yeah. So the only way that Bective can go through is if Dunshockland were to lose their last game, Bective were to win their last game and win it by uh, more than eight points, they would leapfrog St. Pat's um, and score difference. Um, so there's 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 still a hope. There's still a hope. There's still hope for Bective. 
Yeah, uh, to be fair, Ronan Kearns was quick to correct me when I told him that, you know, his side were in the quarterfinal. But the way I signed off the interview was that I'd be very surprised if I don't see us in the quarterfinal. And if I don't, you personally, I'll, I'll write a letter or I'll have all sorts because surely they've done enough. You know, three wins out of their four games, only beaten by Dunshockland. They've been comprehensively the best, the best, second best in the group after Dunshockland. And they deserve to go through to the quarterfinals. But as Ronan says, you just don't know what Ted Dowd is plotting over in Mechtiv and what he might throw at Dunshockland in a week's time. And with them already through... Um, Unassured of top spot, I think, uh, with their superior score difference, which they well, are. Well, if, if, if Bective were to win by 20 points or something like that, they'd go up to plus 21 and the chocolate would go to minus 20. Can you see that happening? If my aunt had, you know, she, yeah, she'd be very yeah, kind we of thing. But story. no, um, no, that's not going to happen. So the chocolate are true. I still think they'll want to keep the winning run going. and uh, But undoubtedly, it is the best time to play them from a Bective standpoint. So just, yeah, just keep an eye on it. Mathematically, Dunshockland are not true, just let's just say as well, because, uh, <laughs> you know, because if Bective were to go out and beat them by 30 or 31 points, um, uh, Bective would top the group and St. Pat's would go into second. But uh, as you said, aunties and uncles, and if they had and if they didn't have exactly, we'll move on to Group B of the Mead Farm Group Intermediate Football Championship. Two results here as well, one on Saturday, one on Sunday. Big, big result for Nobber. Two, three goals and nine. Longwood, 14 points. Both of us going for the Longwood win there. But a Sean Mead-inspired Nobber came through and got the victory and topped the table now. And in the other game, it was Dundry against Trumbara Emmets. And I think, if I'm not mistaken, we both went for Dundry. And it was Dundry who came away with the victory. 113 to Trumbara Emmets, eight points. Table looks like this now. It's Nobber on four. Dundry and Longwood have two. Drumbara, no points, David. Yeah, um, Drumbara, it's it's been a disastrous campaign already, you know, for them. Uh, just haven't got going whatsoever. Nobber is such just such an amazing story, really, from rags to riches sort of thing in many respects. But the Sean Mead brigade or bandwagon just rolls on week on week now. And um, there's a lot of talk about Mead for Mead. You'd have to say on the base <laughs> of what he's done in the last couple of weeks. That's completely justified. He's been outstanding. And we have a savage last round showdown between Dundry and, and Longwood to decide who goes through with Nobber. So that should be absolutely fantastic in the last round. Um, but yeah, Nobber have been brilliant and they're gonna they're likely going to top the group if they can see out the job against uh, Trumbara in the last yeah, round. Yeah, Nobber have assured themselves of that, uh, of a spot in, uh, in fact, top spot because they have the head-to-head over Dundry and Longwood. Um, which is uh, fantastic for them. So if Dundry or Longwood win, they'll join them on four points if Nobber were to lose and uh, they will um, uh, have the head-to-head on them. So fantastic from Nobber and they're going to top that group going into the uh, knockout stages. As you said, Dundry and Longwood, it's a knockout for them. Uh, it's championship football. It's championship knockout football for both of them from here on in. Have you barely the patience to listen to a 30-second ad? Well then, at Husqvarna, we can't imagine how you put up with having to manually mow your lawn. Instead, kick back and silently say goodbye to hours wasted manually mowing your lawn, replacing it with the near-silent cutting of a Husqvarna automower. Smart home compatible, and if that isn't your cup of tea, control automower from your phone. Automower also brings new meaning to green fingers, producing no direct emissions. 
If we've caught your ear, contact PR Coin and Sons, your authorised auto mower dealer on 046 955 1910 or in store in Clonard County Meath. Hi, Kevin Coyne here from PR Coin and Sons. If you need any more information on the Automore, feel free to call into us here in Clonard County Meath. Um, moving on to the final group, that is Group A and the results from this one. Um, Oldcastle took on St Vincent's on Sunday and beat them 3.15 to 1.5 and St Michael's won 2.12 to Waterstown's 12 points in St Michael's. Uh, leading from pillar to post in this one, um, but Oldcastle's that's a really, really um, uh, uh, interesting win in that, you know, not too many sides will put that kind of a score up against St. Vincent's, but Oldcastle unlocked that St. Vincent's defence. They did, yeah, yeah, and, and needed to, you know, badly, and they still have a lot of work to do. They'll need to beat Michaels um, to, to basically get themselves into the knockout stages, which is going to be a huge game. Um, Waterstown, you'd imagine you know, all things being equal, should be St. Vincent's last round. That will get them to four. Oldcastle will get to four with a win over Michaels and you'd have three teams on four then and it would go down score to score difference, difference which uh, which at the moment looks good for Oldcastle, particularly if they do go on to win, they'd have a better score difference than Michaels and it would be Waterstown who would need to put up a big score against Vincent's maybe to, to get through themselves because of that uh, defeat today. But it's um it's very interesting. Like Michaels are very unlucky not to be already true with, with four points from a possible four, but this nature of the group, the fact that Waterstown did blow it wide open on the opening round has given us this sort of permutation. So uh very much all to play from that one. Vincent's you'd be a bit concerned for them. You know, I think it was at eight or nine points to score in round one, only one five now. That's that's not gonna cut the mustard in intermediate football, Mickey. Yeah, absolutely, and uh, all to play for for Old Castle Waterstone St Michael's on the last day, and St Vincent's will be playing for pride, and they're not going to give anything easy to Waterstone, that's for sure. Um, moving on now to the Ferio Steel Senior Championship, I'm going to go to Group D. Um, Summerhill played Balnebracki on Saturday. It ended up one eleven to eight points in favour of uh, the Summerhill men, and in the other game, it was played on Sunday. Um, Nafina, 16 points. Dumboyne, 110. St. Peter's Dumboyne out of the championship and heading for relegation. Um, Nafina and Summerhill through to the quarterfinals. All that's left to be decided is who will top the group. Yeah, they're one of these groups that is just extremely straightforward. Uh, St. Peter's Dumboyne last year's beaten finalist out of the championship already. Amazing after just two rounds of action. Um, but full credit to Summerhill and Nafina in particular who have just shown that they're two serious operators and going to be real strong contenders for this year's Keegan Cup. Yeah, um, as you say, um, one of the groups that is decided, there's only one group in the senior championship that uh, uh, w will come down to the last day, whether uh, teams will know or not if they're going through the quarterfinal. Because in Group C, um, Gail Cullum Kill gave Simonstown a 10-point beating in Park Talchon on Saturday, and Rathout uh, gave Dunhamer Ashburn a bit of a mauling on Sunday in Dunshockland and that means that with total Gael Cullen Kill are both on four points Dunhamer Ashburn and Simonson both on zero points as well so very similar to Group D Davey where um, Ballinabracky and St Peter's and Boyne they know that their race is run same for Dunhamer Ashburn and Simonson 
Yeah, who faced off against each other last round. The only thing that's probably at stake there is getting yourself to a perceived easier relegation playoff that you'd play fourth from you know from the other from the other group. But it's um it's not worth either side, Dunham Ashburn or Simonson would have envisaged being, but their performances you know haven't really been been good enough for long enough you know Dunham Rashburn I think it's fair to say in both games you you've seen them uh, over the weekend I've seen them last round they show glimpses of what they're capable of but just couldn't really sustain it for an hour and that's cost them Simonstown looked to be in disarray but credit to, to Gail Conkill and Retolt they've just continued to do what they do and no real surprise to see them um, where they are already. Yeah, absolutely. Um, both of them absolutely humming at the moment and they will face off against each other in the final group game. Interesting to hear David Brady's comments uh, about that. I did ask him uh, in the interview, David, um, whether or not the last game was as important as the quarter final. He says it is and that they'll be going out to win against Kells. So that'll be an interesting final group game. Moving on now to Group B, another group that is decided. Trim beat Curaha 215-5, Minalvi bet Navin O'Matley's 214 to 13 points and Trim and Minalvi are true and they will face off against each other in the final group game to decide who's going to top the table. Navin O'Matley's and Curaha are going into the relegation dogfight. Yeah, I, I'm not sure will you see as much honesty as what David Brady said that Redolt will do in their last game between Trim and Manalvi. I'd imagine there'd be quite a bit of shadow boxing in that one, but you never quite know. Uh, again, it's kind of gone to script. I don't think there would have been too many people that would have said otherwise in this group. Curahan, Navinomat, he's on paper, are two of the weakest teams in senior, not just in Group B. And uh, they are where they are. Trim and Manalvi have, have done extremely well and they've won their... But they've won both of their games with a bit to spare. So, you know, they're they're worthy to be in the last eight already. Yeah, I'm really interested to see uh, Trim when they come up against the likes of a Manalvi or whatever. It's been a nice ease into senior championship for them, let's just say. But there will be bigger tests to follow. And I'm really interested to see how far Trim can go because I think they're a quality, quality outfit. Moving on to Group A, Davey, and uh, the final group to look at in the senior championship results. Screen got the better of Centralstown, who were flying high, and um, it ended up 113 to Centralstown's two goals and three points. And in the other game, it was the reigning champions, Wolf Tones, who got the victory, one goal and 12 to St. Column Kills, 10 points. And what that does is that means that Wolf Tones, if I'm not mistaken, are, well, no, I won't say that. I'm going to say that St. Column Kills won't be going through to the quarterfinals, Davey. Um, who do they face off against the last day? Is it... Uh... It's it's actually screen. So Wolf Tones actually aren't true yet. Um, oh. A bit like Michael's in the intermediate. They've got two wins from two, but they have work to do because if Centralstown were to beat Wolf Tones last day, that would get them to four. If Scream were to beat Column Kills, that would get them to four. So score difference, Wolf Tones are in a really strong position, plus 11 to Screen's one and Centralstown zero. But they're still just not there. They still have a little bit of work to do. Um, it would be very unusual and surprising if they don't go through from that position. But, you know, stranger things have happened. Yeah, absolutely. And uh, we will be uh, watching those games intently uh, in the next round. We'll probably pick the games that are most important um, not deciding the tops of the division. So we'll probably get to a couple of those games and we might even get to a few other ones that will uh, be really important um uh to how those groups are going to finish in all of the uh, 
uh, championships. Davey, we'll move on now and we might have a look at the hurling fixtures that are coming up this week um, from the uh, junior two right up to senior championship hurling. Yeah, absolutely, Mickey. Starting in the K Windows and Doors Junior Two Hurling Championship um, Group B, first and foremost, it's a Sunday game, 28th of August. So that's next Sunday, and it takes place between Trim and Drumree at 11 o'clock in Trim. Uh, moving into Group A of the Junior Two uh, on Sunday as well, there's a pair of games. First one it comes from Boards Mill, it takes place between Boards Mill and St. Pat's at 11 o'clock. And the second one is in at Boyd from six o'clock on Sunday evening, and it's between Clannagale and Dundry. Nice local derby in that one. The K Windows and Doors Junior Hurling Championship Group A Friday night, Paddy O'Brien Park. It's Navan O'Matneys versus Kiltail at seven o'clock. And also on Friday night in Drumree, it's Drumree versus Kline at seven. Moving on into the Hanley Clean Meals Intermediate Hurling Championship starting in Group B. First, on Sunday the 28th, coming from Matt Boy, it's going to be Trim versus Killscare Moila. That takes place at 12 noon. Also on Sunday in Dunshockland, it's Ratot versus Kilmessen at 12. And the final game in Group B on Sunday takes place in Batterstown between Dunham Ashburn and Gail Column Kill, a noon throwing for that one as well. Into Group A then, Sunday, Park Tolton. It's a round five clash between Ratmaline and Kildaki, two o'clock throwing for that. Also on Sunday in At Boy, it's Navano Matt versus the Wolf Tones. There's a two o'clock start for that one. And also a two o'clock start for Dundry versus Drumree in Trim. Going on then into the Ted Murtha Clothing and Footwear Senior Hurling Championship Group B. One of the games that has a, a bit of significance, um, despite the fact Kilmessen have a lot to do. They take on Boards Mill at half six in Trim on Saturday evening. Also on Saturday evening, at the same time, it's Kaline versus Clanagale, a game that could have implications for who uh, finishes in the top two. And also a game that has massive uh, significance on Saturday evening, at the same time, unsurprisingly, because it's the last round of games, is between Longwood and Blackhall Gales at half six in Kiltail. Blackhall Gales know that a win will get them into the quarterfinals of the Senior Ireland Championship. Um, just going into Group A then, Starting on Sunday, of course, all these games are at the same time as well. On Sunday, four o'clock in Rapaline, it's Trim versus Kiltail. Um, a bit of a, a dead rubber in many respects. Both of them, I think, are short of their place at the top of the tree. They're in semi-finals already. Then it gets a little bit more complicated. In Park Talton, one of the big games is Kildalki versus Retold. Four o'clock start for that one. And the other huge game, uh, particularly for Nafina, but also for St. Peter's Dunboyne, who can get off the bottom, it's Nafina and Dunboyne, four o'clock on trim. That's an absolutely huge game as well. Yeah, absolutely, Davey. We'll just have a look at the two groups. So looking at Group B of the Senior Hurling Championship, Clamagale Gale and Blackhall, Blackhall Gales on six points. But as you said, Kalyan, um, they have a bit to do. They've, they're playing Clamagale on the last day. So if they were to win that game, they would leapfrog above Clonmagale and get either first or second spot. And uh, Blackhall Gales do take on Longwood, the, the bottom of the table team in that one. So still between three teams in that. And obviously in Division A or Group A of the Senior Hurling Championship, it's down to four teams, but uh, one, there's, sorry, two positions are filled. Kiltail and Trim are definitely going through uh, as the table toppers to the semi-finals. But Kildaki were told and Nafina all vying for the 
last two places that are available. A bit similar to the Junior B Championship, Davy. The way there's uh, uh, only two spots available, we'll say, but there's four teams playing, uh, or three or four teams playing for those two positions. Yeah, like Nafina are the really interesting one, I suppose. A defeat to Dunboyne and they'll actually be relegated to Group B on the last day, but a win over St. Peter's Dunboyne pitted with a Kaldaki victory over a Toth would actually get them into the quarterfinals. So very much all to play for for them. Dunboyne know that a win will get them off the, the, the foot of the table. Um, Kildaki, have Kildaki beaten Nafina already? Kildaki... Um, Kildaki have beaten Nafina, I think. Yeah, they did. That was the game that actually kicked them into life there uh, two rounds ago. Yeah, so that so that means that the only way that Nafina can go through is if Kildaki beat Rathout and Nafina beat Dumboyne. Because if, if Rathout were to beat Kildaki and... Uh, or sorry, if Kil, yeah, if Rathout were to beat Kildaki, they would leapfrog Kildaki into third. And then even if Nafina won and went down to four points with Kildaki, Kildaki would have the head to head over them so um few there'll be a few abacuses and stuff coming out for that final game in the senior hurling championship but uh, best of luck to everybody uh, who will be um playing in all of the different championship groups have you barely the patience to listen to a 30 second ad well then at Husqvarna we can't imagine how you put up with having to manually mow your lawn Instead, kick back and silently say goodbye to hours wasted manually mowing your lawn, replacing it with the near-silent cutting of a Husqvarna automower. Smart home compatible, and if that isn't your cup of tea, control automower from your phone. Automower also brings new meaning to green fingers, producing no direct emissions. If we've caught your ear, contact PR Coin & Sons, your authorised automower dealer on 046 955-1910 or in store in Clonard County Mead. Hi, Kevin Coyne here from PR Coyne & Sons. If you need any more information on the Automore, feel free to call into us here in Clonard County Mead. Davy, um, just want to bring you back to something from last week. Uh, the County Board had their meeting on Monday night and Colm O'Rourke was... Um, uh, unveiled uh, to the clubs and uh, to everybody that was in Park Dolce or sorry in Navan O'Matney's last he was unveiled to the clubs last um, uh, Monday night in Navan O'Matney's per turnout from the clubs they were expected over 200 there and I'd say about 40 or 50 came but I have to say that Colm O'Rourke was was absolutely brilliant uh, made great speech answered loads of questions and um you know, just, I think he had the crowd that was there in the palm of his hand, baby. <laughs> no better than Mickey, for that. But uh, yeah, no, brilliant. And, and great to see him, I suppose, being, being unveiled to the media and uh, the club delegates as well. I think uh, the new hurling manager, Saoirse Bulfin, is also going to be unveiled to the club delegates on Monday evening coming as well. So, you know, great to see the two new managers, hurling and football, um, you know, being unveiled. And yeah. Uh, Think we can kind of reveal just link to Sir Bolfin where we are going to have an interview in the coming weeks with him. Um, so we'll we'll be putting that live hopefully in the next seven or eight days. Um, looking forward to getting chatting to him and, and hearing his plans for how he how he plans to to bring Mead Hurling to the next level. Fingers crossed. 
Yeah, absolutely. And speaking of the, the next level, that was one of the things that Colin O'Rourke was talking about. And, um, you know, I have to say that the, the first thing he said in his speech was that he wanted to commend the county board on how they dealt with appointing a new manager for the Mead team, be it him or be it any of the other candidates. Nothing was leaked. And he thought that that was a really respectful way of uh, carrying out the business of, of, of um, uh, looking for a new manager, which was brilliant. But he also did say that, like, you know, the regional championship that will take place later in the year is a great chance for him and his management team to get to look at over 200 players, up to 300 players from intermediate and junior clubs. Um, he will be obviously uh, looking at the junior intermediate championships as well. But seeing these players playing at a higher level, uh, playing with teams of uh, a high standard and whatever, will give him a chance to uh, have a look at those. He said the panel is an open panel. And he also said that Mead will be judged by how they compete against the top teams in the country, albeit Dublin being the main one. And that is where he wants to get to. He said there's no reason why, with the population that Mead have, that they can't be up there competing with the Kerrys, the Mayos, the Donegals, the Dublins, the Tyrones of this uh, world. And, you know, it was it was great to hear it. Like, it wasn't that he said that, you know, this is all going to work overnight and whatever, but that there was a plan in place for Mead to, you know, start getting back to the top echelons of, of, of Gaelic football. Yeah, and, and Colin wouldn't say those things if he didn't actually believe them to be true. You know, so he clearly thinks that, you know, Mead have the potential to get there and there is a plan in place to get us there over the three year term. I was only talking to a few people, you know, over the last week or so and they were asking me kind of what, what my thoughts were. And, and I was saying, listen, Colin Marks is, is great and everything like that, but he's not he's not just going to come in and, and turn us into all Ireland contenders overnight. He's not that good. Um, so I said, realistically, at the end of the three-year term, if we are in a place that we are challenging against Dublin, we'll say for a Leinster Championship, just for argument's sake, I would be I would be happy enough with that because that would show us that we've probably got to a Division One standard. We're up competing against Dublin, who are still in the top bracket in the country, undoubtedly. So if you're challenging for a Leinster, what I'm getting at is you're not too far away from challenging yeah. for All Ireland in many respects, you know. Um, but just. And I know me people are going to be patient and they're going to give this team and Colm and his team plenty of time, but just not to expect miracles overnight because it's going to be small baby steps and it's a rebuild initially yeah. anyway, I would say. Yeah, it really is. And, and, and you know, one of the things, one of the parts of that rebuild is bringing back the tradition um, uh, uh, that we've always had in Mead football. And as he said, every team must make their own tradition and we want to start that straight away. And he spoke about the Mead teams of, of yesteryear that had a great heart and determination and whatever and and this pride in the jersey. I'm not saying that players over the last 20 years haven't had pride in the jersey, but he wants to instill a pride and he wants to instill a pride of being a Mead player once again. And uh, if, if he does that and, and brings back the traditions that we have in Mead football that seem to be lacking over the last 20 years, he'll have gone a long way to bringing Mead back towards the top table. Um, also on the night, Davy, uh, Conor O'Donoghue, Jamie Queenie and Barry Horgan uh, made a presentation to the clubs about the uh, GDAs, the GPOs, and, and how that's all going to work this year. And the, the projects 
that they have in place to bring up the level of football in every club um, and with every club team and with every underage team and the, the um, how they're going to work the, the development squads and stuff. And it was very, very clear and concise. There was an awful lot of detail in it. It was fantastic. And just even to see that and to say, well, now we have something to measure all this by was absolutely brilliant. I don't know if you got a look at it yet yourself, but they are going to be emailed out to all of the clubs and they do need a big buy-in from the clubs to fill in the forms that they are sending out. Um, it's about current uh, uh, numbers of players in each uh, club and the current m amount of underage players that are actually uh, um, attending, not just signed up and are members of the club, but are attending a certain amount of training sessions and uh, football sessions every week. So, you know, the clubs have to back this as well to give them a proper outlook at how they need to go forward with all these processes and projects. Yeah, absolutely. And I think I think the clubs, I know you're saying that the meeting was maybe poorly attended and stuff, but I do think that the clubs will, will really row in now and back the proposals and, and the plans from from the wider um county board and committees that are in place in Mead because I think we're in a good enough place and particularly with the underage I know I know they're saying that there's probably a decent proportion of people you know still not playing but maybe associated to a club I would say if you go to most clubs nowadays the the amount of kids training on and you know it firsthand from from your lot Mickey you know every Saturday or Sunday morning it's savage and um I think it's just it's going to bode well for the future in Mead, um, and that's not to mention like the ladies, which is just going from strength to strength as well. I think we're in a really good position, you know, overall in this county. Yeah, absolutely. Well, you know, to all the delegates out there, or to all of the uh, uh, clubs out there, do fill in the forms as best you can and give them a, a really, really clear indication of where. Uh, meet club football is at underage so that they can start putting the, everything in uh, into process in due course and, and bringing up the level of football across all grades and 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 and, and, and they will help retention as well it's it's, it's a fantastic idea uh, and concept that they've come up with and I, I do urge all the clubs to to back it and get behind it um davy we might move on now to the lottos um have the pros been in contact with you yeah, they have, yeah, in, in decent numbers as well. Uh, the Chocolate and Royal Gales are first up on their results from the 15th of August. The numbers were 1, 8, 16 and 18. 2,200 euro of a jackpot, not one. Uh, they had four match three winners collecting 50 euro each. Pat Brett, Yolanda Kelly, Mikey Walsh and Irene and Chris. The next draw takes place on Monday at Half 8 Live on Facebook. Two and a half, sorry, 2,200 up for grabs, 200 to be added to it each week. And you can play it on Club Force. Next in is Drumbara, and their results from the 15th of August are as follows. 3,700 euro of a jackpot wasn't won. 3, 8, 15, and 28 were the numbers. 30 euro winners are as follows. Dara McNamara, Rocco and Emily Farrell, uh, Fidelis Smith, Mickey Dunnigan, and Christopher Martin. Don't forget uh, to try our draw online by using the Club Force app. And uh, yeah, that's Trumbara. Longwood are next in, 8,400 of a jackpot at the moment. Their next one takes place tomorrow night, uh, Monday. The results from last week was there was no winner. The numbers were 1, 8, 14 and 26. Luckily, up winners were Jane T. McGuire, Paul Holton and Olivia Ennis. 
Manalvi are next in. Their results from last Monday, 15, 19, 21 and 22. The numbers, no jackpot winner. Three 20 euro winners were John Gildy, uh, Michael Murray and Brian Keneally. Next draw takes place on Monday, 2,300 up for grabs and you can play it at nalvigfc.e or on the Club Force app. Navin Matney's in and uh, their results from the 16th of August last. 8, 9, 15, 19 were the numbers, no winner. Declan O'Reilly, Kieran Phelan, Delia Cassidy and Paddy Vaughan were the match three winners. The next draw takes place on the 23rd of August. Another whopping 15,000 up for grabs. You can Google Club Spot Navin Matney's or download the app to play that one. Minolti are next in. Results from the 16th of August, 3,200 draw of a jackpot. The numbers were 2, 13, 21, and 24. There was no winner. Two match three winners collecting 100 euro each were Kevin Donnellan and Charlie Smith. One special online prize of 50 euro goes to Jennifer Farley. And the next draw takes place on Sunday, which is tonight. 3,400 euro up for grabs there. Castletown are next up. Their results from the 16th of August, 6, 13, 20, and 25. No winner of the 3,900 euro jackpot. The lucky dip winners were... Aaron Young, Siobhan Gray, Aidan and Angela Young, Con McManus and Olivia Price. Uh, next week's jackpot hits 4,000 and you can play it on Smart Lotto. Um, love the way uh, Alma Purcell in Old Castle just uh, typed in in the middle of all these results coming in and she said, um, does anyone else hate seeing the winning numbers here all the time in case your numbers come up in a club you don't do? <laughs> Has it happened? She says, nobody replied. So I guess that it hasn't. Um, but it's for people who have their set numbers, I suppose. Uh, last one I have, Mickey, is from my own court in GFC. Uh, results from last Friday night, 10,500 over jackpot. Wasn't one, three, five, 25 and 26 were the numbers. JJ Higgins, Caroline Burke, Eileen Flanagan, Carol Walsh, and Jazz Foley were the five 20 euro winners. We had a 50 euro one for all voucher, which was kindly donated by Home Term. That goes to Fiona Kelly. We go again this Friday night, 10,600 euro, according to ga.com forward slash lotto. Excellent. Well, uh, the Central Sound Lotto is on on Monday night and it's uh, €2,100. You can do that on Smart Lotto or go to any of their social media pages and you'll find the link there to do it. And uh, also the Simon Sound Lotto was not won on Friday night. There was two match three winners, Jim Lane and Kitty McKeown, two um, stalwarts of the club. The numbers wrong were 3, 9, 18 and 31 and next week's lotto is going to be 1100 euro. Have you barely the patience to listen to a 30 second ad? Well then, at Husqvarna, we can't imagine how you put up with having to manually mow your lawn. Instead, kick back and silently say goodbye to hours wasted manually mowing your lawn, replacing it with the near silent cutting of a Husqvarna automower. Smart home compatible, and if that isn't your cup of tea, control Automower from your phone. Automower also brings new meaning to green fingers, producing no direct emissions. If we've caught your ear, contact PR Coin and Sons, your authorised Automower dealer on 046 955 1910 or in store in Clonard County Meath. Hi, Kevin Coyne here from PR Coin and Sons. If you need any more information on the Automore, feel free to call into us here in Clannard County Meath. 
Uh, Davey, before we move on to our Instagram interactive again, I just want to remind everybody about our Lion Royals um, podcast coming out this week, a whole host of them. We'll have the Senior Championship Review. We will have interviews with David Brady and Connor McGill from Retolt. Uh, really interesting ones there. From the Kells camp, we will have Martin Barrett and Luke Dempsey. And from the Nafina camp, we have the evergreen Johnny Baldwin and Ethan Devine and Cormac Davy, the manager. From our intermediate review, we will have um, Niall Mooney, Donal Landy um, from St. Pat's and also Dahi White and Ronan Kearns, the management team. And from Kenny, we'll have Shaggy McManus, the manager. We'll have Robbie Gary, James O'Hare and Caelan uh, Halligan. And then from uh, the Slane camp in the Junior B Championship, we have Jim Harding and Connor Ford. So a whole host of interviews there um, on our view, review pods um, from all of the championships. They'll be coming out later in the week. And of course, we will be announcing our Kiko Sports Team of the Week, our Blackwater Inn Player of the Week, and our Blackwater Inn Top Scorer of the Week. Davey mentioned it at the top of the show. We will be doing our end of year Kiko Sports Team of the Year or Kiko Sports All-Stars uh, team for 2022 and um, we will be announcing the night and uh, uh, the, the the charity that will be involved as well on the night it's going to be absolutely brilliant it's going to be a fantastic night down there in the Blackwater Inn in Kells we do urge you all to come down we will have fun and crack there will be drinks promotions on as well than on the night and it's just going to be uh, a big party to celebrate the club players Davey. Yeah absolutely we're going to have a whole host of nominees and um... I believe I was I was having a few little levies with uh, George over the weekend, and I believe the uh, one of the Rockshaw reps has committed to providing three three drinks on the night for each nominee um, as well. So that's uh, another added bonus for anybody who doesn't get picked on the team of the week. Don't worry, you'll still get something if you if you come on the night of that. So loads loads an offer, um, and that's only going to get get uh, more and more. Uh, legs, I suppose, as the weeks progress. So we'll have a bit more information every week to hopefully feed into the the listeners. Yeah, we are just finalising the charity with uh, George and Patricia Plunkett down there in the Blackwater Inn in Kells. And we will announce that and we will announce the date in the coming weeks. So uh, don't worry, we are working on that. We do have the jersey and uh, yeah, we we just can't have to stop talking about it because it is absolutely beautiful. Um, so, Davy, it's time now to move on to Instagram Interactive. Have the have the club men around the county been on? They have indeed. Yeah, the first one, um, the first talking point comes in from Robert Cox of Extra Time Sport, and he just said, "Kill Clune." Yeah, Davy, you can talk to us about this. And um, what a, a welcome you got in Kill Clune for the meeting of Nafina and Dunboyne. Yeah, unbelievable, really. Um, so I, I haven't really, I can't remember being in Kilcloon before for a game. Um, so I was really looking forward to obviously attending Nafina and Dubbine. And it was coming from Waterstown, uh, the game between Pats and Kilmainham, which threw in at 12. So I knew it was going to be pretty tight to get to Kilcloon for the two o'clock start. So in fairness, Robert Cox and Extra Time Sport uh, got me parking in his home place, which is right beside the pitch. Walked in, you know, the usual get a program, lot was on sale. Just walked in for the start of the game and there was a little enclosed area as Huey Cork had typed in. It looked like a VIP area. Uh, it was like cordoned off between the two dugouts on the pitch. 
Um, there was two seats provided just in case I did bring a co-commenter commentator. So, which, hmm? It sounds like you went to a nightclub, Davey, because that's the treatment <laughs> you usually get in the nightclubs, a little enclosed area with two seats. Yeah, they keep me in like a pen. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it was something like that. Um, but no, absolutely amazing. And not to talk about like the, the Stuart and the pitch was in unbelievable condition i know it got grounds of the year last year they've got a scoreboard electric scoreboard only went up this week as well and the game matched it as well i think everything was just a fantastic occasion for the club they're 40 years this week since their first official pitch opening and it's coincided with all these new facilities that have come on board in the last while and you know kudos to them up in black all gales that the work they're doing and to have two really good pitches obviously they have batters down and kilcloon um, is is you know hats off to them top notch yeah absolutely and, and again i just want to give a shout out to dun chocolate i met frank uh, globally and um uh marie delaney at the gate and i have to say the setup there they had so many stewards uh working as well on sunday evening uh, the pitch looking immaculate the dressing rooms and that the the, the clubhouse looking amazing um, the whole grounds, they're doing a magnificent job up there. And I just want to give them a shout out as well, because I'm sure that it won't be too long before they're winning grounds of the year as well. They have a few little things to finish, but by God, did they run a good show up there in Dunchockland and uh, uh, kudos to them. Um, fantastic welcome as always up there as well. So um, yeah, a shout out to everybody in Dunchockland. Go on ahead, Davey. Yeah, Shane Riley also said that Kilcloon pitch uh, should be hosting more championship matches. Yeah, well, is this a new setup? Is it new pitch? It it's not a new pitch. They've they've done a lot of refurbishment on it, you know, over the last couple of years. But it's not a new pitch as such. No, is it just the fact that maybe you know you're you're always trying to um, play these games halfway between the two teams and whatever, and and there's probably not too many games that you'd actually be dragging teams. Uh, up to that area uh, out of their way maybe you'd be passing other fields and whatever but yeah definitely um and, and i'm sure that in the coming uh in the coming weeks maybe and, and even coming months and even in the coming years that they will be getting more uh, games yeah yeah fingers crossed for them um ivan is next in ivan w he said the umpires in the rakenny game were class and um, i believe he was one of them he was on I duty was just, for robert perfield so i was yeah. i was just gonna suggest that maybe ivan w is uh an umpire himself yeah no he was and and to be fair there was no um no what dubious was, calls in, in what that was game. his what was his flag waving like was it was it good yeah, i like, it was a, good, I like yeah, a good it needs a little bit of work but you know um yeah I, scope scope for improvement. I do like I do like a good flag waiver. Um, now when he when when you're looking at the umpires, and I love those umpires who delay whether they're going to wave it as a wide or a point, just to keep the crowd on the edge of their seats. Do you know I love when it's a really good score and the umpire knows it, so he grabs the flag and he actually walks onto the pitch. He he takes about two foot onto the pitch, and it's you know. <laughs> It's it's top notch. You know what yeah. you know it's a good score when he does that. Yeah, yeah, true. Um, uh, uh, Joseph Shepherd Brady is next in, and he said heroic Sheck performance in Ashburn. Absolutely incredible, from what I believe. Uh, one three in the second half from Shep, and just doing it year on year. He's Mister Consistent, isn't he? 
He's so good and he he's that good that he managed to get sent off twice in the one game, which takes absolute some going. Um, I'll explain more about that in the senior review, but two red cards along with his goal and three amazing stuff from the Shep. Yeah, I say, I, I'm interested in one as well in the um, uh, Dunmore Ashburn Rapotel. It's the first time I saw a water boy being sent off and he had to climb yeah, through the I fence. Um, brilliant stuff. Um, there, uh, there was all sorts going on there in that game. There was all sorts going on. It was a really <laughs> local derby. But again, we'll be reviewing that over on our Loyal Royals podcast. We do have a comment in about it and it comes from Johnny Brown and he said, M. Deegan, red card. Yeah, Michael Deegan did get a red card. Um, he was being, he went out and won the ball uh, out around the middle of the field. Connor McGill was tackling him uh, from behind and kind of held him up and Michael Deegan just kind of out of frustration tried to swing himself out of it but swung his arm back and he did catch uh, Conor McGill so on the side of the face and the, the head so there was nothing really Cormac Riley could do about it um, I, I think that the, the, the Dunmore Ashburn boys were really revved up they were there was a lot of intensity and I just think that they maybe went over the line with it and uh, that cost them maybe Sean Fitzgerald said Breen, or sorry, Brian Faulkner's screamer in Dundalk on Friday night. Didn't see it, did you? No, no. He's he's got that though in his locker. Um I'll have to I'll have to send I'll have to send him a reel of of, of all the, the, the screamers that I scored when I used to play soccer, but it won't take long to look through it, Davey. Okay, yeah. <laughs> Probably because the technology wouldn't have been up to scratch when you were pelting in screamers like that. They're all in black and white. They're all in black and white. And they were with the old Mitra ball that was like an O'Neill's. Uh, Jack Walsh said Rovers absolute calamity versus Ferran Burroughs uh, in Hungary yeah. last Thursday. They were absolutely thumped, weren't they? Four, yeah, yeah. Four now. They were indeed. And I think they go into the conference league now, is it? Yeah. But they're guaranteed group stages. Yeah. It's a good campaign, all in all. But yeah, I watched that. I think they have a squad of forty million or something like that, and they, they're actually a good side. Triori is playing with them, no, not Rovers. <laughs> the Hungarian boys, Jimmy, Jimmy Triori. Yeah, probably a cousin of his. Yeah, yeah. Um, all the Trioris are related, I believe. Robert Perfield uh, falling into the same trap that I fell into in my post-match interview with the boys from the Pats earlier. He says the Pats in the quarters. You say so, yeah. Rob. <laughs> uh, speaking of traps, uh, you want to listen to David Brady's interview. He's a, he's a gas man. I, I have great time for David Brady. I, I know him a few years now. And uh, he, uh, he he told me, I won't be allowed to stand near their huddles anymore. But to hear more on that, you'll have to go over to our Loyal Royals podcast. Interesting. Uh, Aaron Kyo wants to know our intermediate predictions. As in, for the last round, our actual intermediate, well, should we run through them? So No, no, I, th I think he means, I think he means outright. Oh, outright, is that what he means? Yeah. But we did have our, our, our um, intermediate um, uh, predictions from earlier. We, we predicted Old Castle and, Water and St. Michael's to get through from Group A, Dundry and Drumbarra to get through from Group B. Um, there's still a chance that Dundry will get through, Drumbarra won't be going through. We picked Kilmainham and Dunchocklin. Dunchocklin look like they're going through, but uh, Kilmainham, I'm afraid that's not going to happen. And then Ratkenny and Dilik Bellistown from Group D. Um, Ratkenny are more than likely true, I think, at this stage, but uh, it, it's all to be played for between Dilik Bellistown and Mead Hill, I think, in the last round game, uh, Davy. So, um, yeah, um, maybe that's what he was looking for, us to remind him of those. 
Yeah, Dara Tui said Dulik robbed. What's that in reference to? Do you uh the Mead Hill game, I would say. Yeah, but uh do do you know what the reference is, the robbery uh or was there was the were the clubhouses broken into? <laughs> I don't know, but reading, I think we've just stumbled across a little bit of um, a rivalry here, Mickey, as as so often these rivalries are born out of Instagram Interactive. But Connor Owens came back in and he said, Mead Hill owned Dulik Bellew's town full stop. Keen Kelly responds to that by saying, Mead Hill celebrating like they've won the World Cup and they're still in danger of relegation. Eileen Riley then comes in and says, Mead Hill pull off an amazing win and some top class scores. Dara Tui just follows that up by saying, Well, um, Dulik are still going to win the championship. Is this the new trim and Balma Blackie? It team? looks like it. It's there's literally more coming in from different people every time I refresh the feckin' thing. Uh, Cormac Courtney says Dulik Bellustown were robbed today, but they, they will still win the championship. Uh, Monsey Farley just weighs in and he says, Mead Hill are in the mud <laughs> <laughs> after a championship win. I doubt it, lad, but yeah, go on. Uh, are they in the attic, lad? <laughs> potentially, potentially. Um, actually, seen uh, lucky to be working as well today in Kilcloon, so it was a really, really good visit from every respect. Uh, Kieran Lynch is next in, and he said a lot of one-sided results. Yeah, there was. Um, there's no doubt about it. Looking back through the results, there was, um, and maybe that's a reflection of of. of the different championship uh, uh, groups and whatever, but you know, uh, uh, look, me, me, club football needs to step it up. There's no doubt about that. And as I said, and I spoke about what Conor O'Donoghue, Jamie Queenie, and Barry Horgan have are trying to put in place, and if the clubs buy into that and uh, get behind it, it will bring up the level within every club in the county. Yeah, very much so. Uh, the next one comes in from Joe Tierney, and he said that Sean Mead is the best player in the intermediate. I just scratched that intermediate and put county. Because, yeah, uh, he's he's uh, he's on fire, absolutely on fire. Um, you know, and uh, it's, it's it's brilliant where Navarra have come from. Um, you know, the, they've pulled themselves out of uh, out of the fire and are now soaring up that uh, 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 intermediate championship. Yeah, it's it's brilliant. Uh, the next one comes in from Glenn Gavigan, and he said Barry Farley's unbelievable first score. I don't know, did you get to see this, Mickey? I didn't get to see it, but was this the was this a free? Barry Farley hit three frees, um, just to to really sew in the the team of the week seed yet again. Um, but undoubtedly, we'll probably find a Premier Division 10 goalkeeper who made a penalty save or two over the weekends, probably get in ahead of him. No, he, he took three frees. Um, but the first one was was absolutely unbelievable. It was on the 14-yard line, but it was underneath the stand at the sideline, out of his hands, strode up and just curled it over with consummate ease. Uh, an amazing score. Out of his then, hands? Out of his hands, yeah. And the next one was actually about 45 metres out. And it was... Slightly favouring a left-footed kicker. The context to this is that Matamo didn't start, so they had no recognised left-footed kicker on, so Barry came up and hit them. There was one then that I was like, okay, this is Beano territory. Like, it was slightly to the right of the post, but, you know, very favourable for Beano, and I've seen them kicking them before. And he jogged out, and Barry kind of jogged up about 15 yards and stopped. It's more 
just say, you know, carry on, Bino. And Bino proceeded to tell him to come on ahead. And I think that's that shows it all, really. And he came up and struck it. He was absolutely brilliant again. But yeah, the three frees, didn't miss one, was, was sensational. I heard Niall Flynn scored four points uh, in, his def- <laughs> in their defeat. <laughs> Jeez, they, they, they just about scored four points, didn't they? Yeah, yeah. He scored all of them with his wrong foot um, and from 70 metres. So, hard luck, Barry. <laughs> hmm. An interesting one coming in here from uh, Peter Gogan. And he said the referee sending off the wrong player for Denor versus Kilmaine and Wood. I'm not not sure what went on there. In the St. Mary's Kilmaine and Wood game. Okay, well, we'll have to have a look into that one. Yeah, interesting. Uh, Zach Farley said... Kilmaine and Wood got the victory in the end, so maybe maybe it is. It could be... We'll have to find out more about that sending off anyway. Yeah. Uh, The next comes in from Zach Griffin. He said Daniel Farley claiming his second best point of the weekend. (laughs) Yeah, I'm not sure what the context of that was. Uh, the next one is from Darren Kavanagh, and he said, Rispin's hatred for the Ultons. <laughs> was that just your prediction? Yeah, well, um, I, I responded to that. And I said, what about Brennan? <laughs> like, I, I, like, yeah, I wouldn't like, mind if you picked the Ultons, but you picked Minaldi as well. <laughs> yeah, but I'd seen Minaldi, and last year I was picking uh, the Ultons all the time. You know, I don't just go against them no matter who they're playing. Sure, I did that um, last year myself. I seen Minaldi <laughs> this year too, and I thought they'd win. When 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 when, when you're uh, explaining, you're losing, Davy. <laughs> I'm not denying it. To be honest, <laughs> I just I just want fair play for you as well. <laughs> oh Lord! You want to hang um, me as well? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. With you. yeah, you're coming down with me. Uh, James McDonough said Nafina's win over Dunboyne. Yeah, absolutely brilliant. And, uh, you know, unthinkably, Dunboyne are going into relegation and uh, Nafina are are true to the quarterfinals now um, with a game to spare. Yeah, yeah, brilliant. Uh, PS Tapes, I think, could be the last one. And he just says Carbonara. Do you know what the context of that is? Oh, he was probably cooking on the weekend. He loves, uh, he loves cooking, so he probably is telling you that he's making Carbonara for dinner today. Okay. Right. Yeah, I wonder if he got out to the Simonstown game last week. I don't think so, no. I think he was listening to it. He was listening to it. I wonder, because I know that a few lads were going for points after the game. Did he go and meet them and maybe it was a Carbonara day? Um, Okay, yeah. Carbonara, that could be the context to it. But again, we'll have to private message PS and find out what he's all about. Yeah, I think that's it then, Mickey. Okay, well, again, just to remind you to go over to our Loyal Royals uh, podcasts on Patreon forward slash We Are Media, get all of the reviews from the different uh, junior, intermediate and senior championships. And, of course, we'll be announcing our Tico Sports Team of the Week, our Blackwater Inn uh, Player of the Week and our Blackwater Inn Top Scorer of the Week. And as we say always, that the Blackwater Inn Top Scorer of the Week takes care of itself and that's our easiest job when it comes to the Kiko Sports Team of the Week and our Blackwater Inn Awards. But um, yeah, we'll uh, do tune in to our Loyal Royals for loads of interviews and uh, uh, loads of reviews across all four of the championships. So look, that's it from this episode of your We Are Me podcast. Remember, We Are Me, why it matters more. Thanks for listening.